locally sourced Joey. I am your host, the aptly named, aforementioned Joey. And joined today by Dave McDonald from Crafted1K, who is going to talk all things cartooning. Just a few months ago, Dave started a business, Crafted1K, where he helps businesses share their message through the magic of cartoons and comics. We're chatting basically how that business got started, uh, what Dave's process is like, the power of cartoons, the impact they can have on getting a message across, and of course, a few of our favorites, Garfield, Dilbert, and I I think, I'm just going to go ahead and say both of our favorites, Calvin and Hobbes, which, oh my goodness, if you have not read Calvin and Hobbes, I know there's some of you out there, because I've I've talked to people who haven't, and my goodness, it's been 25 years since the last strip. Let's let's get on to it. I started watching Friends this year, and that ended like 10 years ago. So we can make this happen. Calvin and Hobbes is like 30 times better than Friends too. So get on out there, read some Calvin and Hobbes. But first, listen to this episode with Dave from Crafted 1K. It sounds like you were a cartoonist. You had cartoonist aspirations from a young yes. age. Uh, but it looks like, you know, maybe maybe a couple couple different detours along the way. Uh, so can you just kind of talk about your journey growing up? Maybe a couple cartoons that you loved reading as a kid? Yeah, no, obviously. So cartoons were huge for me. Um, the big ones back in the day were obviously Calvin and Hobbes and, yes. and Garfield were like my two go-tos as a kid. And it was always, uh, for me, it was kind of like my little, uh, my little place to get away. I had a little bit of anxiety um, growing up and doodling and drawing was kind of like my reprieve it's like today's meditation back then it was it was me pulling out a pencil and doodling a little bit so it was always ingrained in me actually there was one time in elementary school where my mother had to write a note to the school to tell them that it's okay that i'm doodling i'm still listening to them (laughs) because they, they thought i wasn't paying attention in class but that's you know, even, even when I got older through college, that's most of my notes are kind of like these little uh, doodles and drawings, but it's, it's all the info. It just looks a little different. Oh yeah. I've seen, I've seen folks uh, at conferences, I'll see them taking like doodle notes and I, I'm always impressed by it. I'm like, this is a lot neater and cleaner than my furious scribbling of notes. I just wish I could, you know, competently draw something that I could understand. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, man, so that was, uh, that was big for me for a while and then continued to, to draw kind of for fun and then got into a couple of newspapers through high school and then college. And then after college, I worked at a, uh, a newspaper called the Albany business review. It's part of American city business journals. And I got a chance to cartoon in their paper for about a year and a half. Um, so it was really cool. It's, you know, definitely awesome. always something, always something that's been around for me. Awesome. Do you remember the very first uh, strip you ever got in the paper? Um, the first one that's, that's memorable was, well, this would have been, it, so I went to college at a, an upstate New York uh, Franciscan college called Siena College. And in their newspaper, the Promethean, I created a cartoon called Saints Be Praised. Nice. So it was fun because on campus, there was a, a bunch of uh, friars would live in each dorm. And they were kind of cool guys where you just get to know them as, as people. You go to them for advice, for guidance. Occasionally, when you're old enough, you can grab a beer with them. Um, but that, that was my first fun strip where I, I took a lot of those experiences of what it's like on campus and put it into a fryer in, in cartoon form. Nice. I like that. 
Yeah. And then uh, I guess the other one after that, when I was in the business review, that cartoon was called Life of a Salesman. At the time, that was when I first got into sales. So I was making uh, jokes and lightness of anything you went through from cold calling to hang ups to getting shut down or landing a deal or, or fighting with office supplies. So that was, that was kind of like a, Dil <laughs> a Dilbert-esque cartoon. It was fun. Nice. Yeah. There's plenty to draw from uh, in sales, I would imagine. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Every day is an adventure. <laughs> so you had mentioned to me that you kind of accidentally fell into sales. So how did that happen? Yeah. Well, when I, uh, I went to school for marketing and then when I was at the business review, it was actually their marketing coordinator. So this was 2008, 2000, early 2009. So, um, I was working with their first email newsletters and starting their, uh, their Twitter account was kind of like my first two projects. And then a couple months into it, the sales guy that sold the paper, this, these papers were going to like CEOs, sales managers, executives that were using the information that's going on in, in that marketplace and use that to make their decisions for their day-to-day -day lives. So he quit. So they were out of anybody to sell the paper and the publisher came up to me and was like, would you mind doing this for a little while? So they helped him out. I said, yeah, sure. And then after that, they dissolved the marketing coordinator position and I got, I got jumped right into sales right off the bat. Nice, nice. And so I'm, I'm sure some of these were probably chronicled in your comics, but do you remember a particularly uh, sort of intense sales interaction you had? Well, most of it was because uh, at that particular role was an inside sales role. So you were, you were hammering the dials out 80, 90, 100 calls a day. Oh. So there's plenty of cartoons about losing your soul into the telephone. <laughs> Without, without a doubt. So that's, that, that was my coping mechanism, we'll call it. Because there were, there were some great days when you actually had something that works and you got a sale, but there's plenty of, of hang up, stop bothering me, who are you, how'd you get this number that you're like, all right, let's, let's see if we can make something of this. <laughs> nice, and so how long were you in that role before you kind of realized, wait a minute, I can combine my cartooning, my marketing background and what I'm doing here in sales all into one sort of business, which became Crafted 1K. It took a few years, you know, um, for a while I ended up, I actually ironically got good at sales from that <laughs> inside job. So my career path kind of shifted a little bit and I went more of a traditional sales and business development route for about 12 years. And it wasn't until probably the last six months or so, um, I started, I've always been drawing. I started posting more on Instagram and I started noticing that there is a, uh, a lot of generic images, generic quotes that people are using for their posts mm -hmm. and, and internal messaging for maybe newsletters to their own employees and things like that. It just was, it was annoying to look at. You just flip through them. So I'm wondering, I started thinking, you know, what if I pull these old cartoons in again and then use some of my experience in sales and marketing to maybe create a service to help people stand out a little bit more? So after a couple months of, of thinking and thinking, I finally said, all right, let's just do it. So that's, uh, that's what happened uh, three months ago. Nice. Three-month anniversary. Congrats. It is. Thank you. <laughs> and I, obviously, there are some, some good benefits to cartoons of having an image or uh, you know, something more eye-catching than just, like you were saying, just like a generic quote. Can you talk about a few of those benefits that you've seen? 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, it kind of boils down to, I guess, three different segments is what I talk about is people remember cartoons. Um, you know, there's a, a, a concept called the humor effect. And studies show that when something's funny, it's more easily recalled. So the biggest benefit when you're using cartoons is just it makes a little, you can make light of a particular topic where, in other words, it could just be very boring and rigid. Um, even though some of that information that's boring and rigid is important and you need to understand it, if you can make it a little bit more funny, it'll sink in a little bit more uh, deeply than it would just, you know, plain text or an image of a mountain. And then the, uh, I mean, a couple other things are the obvious one. They're fun to share. You know, we grew up, I mean, I'm 34 now, so I, I still grew up with a newspaper <laughs> reading that on the weekends. So clipping those out, hanging them on the, uh, the fridge, I think my mother still has half of her fridge with random cartoons I created over the years. But we, uh, you know, we, we like to laugh and we like to laugh with others and share it. So cartoons are fun for your business because now you can share them you know, through any means that you use, whether it's through your social accounts, through your email, um, or obviously getting to speak it verbally through a podcast like this. And then kind of going off that humor effect, they're just, they're just more effective than your, your standard text. So when you're, you're likely to remember something like 10% of information that you just read, but if you read that information paired with a relevant image, you're retaining 65% more of that info. So it's right off the bat, it's just, it's, you're recognizing it more, it's staying intact because instead of just words, there's a picture that's tying everything together for you. So for me, that was, that was a lot of fun to figure out how I could do that with a cartoon and help those with their messaging. And so let's say that I am a business that is kind of struggling with my messaging and want to, you know, maybe reach some people using cartoons. What does that process look like in working with businesses? <clears throat> well, a lot of times it'll come down to what's, what's your initiative? Like, what's your goal? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to just reach more people or you're trying to engage with who you currently have? And then once you get it, we get an understanding of where they want to try to go a lot of it would come down to what's the message you're trying to get out. Because ultimately, they're the ones, you know, the customers, the clients are the ones that are the masters of their brand. What do they want to talk about? What, what, do, they, what do they represent? What's the brand they want to portray, the message, the message they want to get out there? And for me, most of my cartoons now, on like the format I'll do for just my normal post is I'll take a topic I want to talk about, I'll find some interesting quotes, and then from that quote, the cartoon kind of comes to life. So for the clients, it's the same, same process of what's the message you're trying to get out there, whether it's a new product, a service, an initiative, or, or maybe a nonprofit that you're connected with or, or the message you want. And then just kind of through some creative juices, the cartoon comes out of that. And are you typically getting pretty, uh, pretty creative control on these or are some companies more hands-on with their approach it's 50 50 um ultimately they have the, they have the end say so most of the times when we come out with an idea i usually have up to three revisions mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's a mutual understanding where you guys have your message that's important you're hiring me so you kind of know what my skill set is but we also know we need to work together so that's so well that's where the boundaries come into play but 50 50 some of them just say run with it Others are like, well, we want to have it a little more tailored this way or maybe watch some of the language on this particular topic. Do you have a preference on, on uh, which kind of style? Uh, I like both, actually. 
Nice. The, yeah, obviously when it's free reign, that's, that's super fun. But also some of the constraints that they put on, you know, within reason, it's, it's a fun new challenge where you got to try to fit what you're doing in, not necessarily in a box, but in some parameters that will definitely challenge you creatively. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, and this is coming more from a writing perspective, uh, if, if they're just like, hey, write about whatever, I'm like, uh, and just watching that cursor blink on the page. Oh, then, <laughs> yeah, the constraints out. can help sometimes. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, nice. Just, just a little path, a little guidance. It, it works out well. Awesome. And as far as distributing these cartoons, then you mentioned a couple different ways. Sometimes it might just be internal emails for uh, employees uh, that currently work in a business or maybe trying to get some more new fans, some more new clients and getting it out there that way. Have you found one method more effective than the other or is it kind of a, a whole integrated approach that works best? It's more integrated. It depends on uh, what they're trying to do. For example, you know, if you have a, a sales team that's trying to launch out some new initiatives, um, the cartoons work really well within their, their email newsletters or email messaging. Especially if you're trying to do, uh, you're going to set up uh, follow-ups with your team. It kind of brings to light, um, you know, maybe a challenging period you're going through, whether it's for looking for new growth or, or trying to get retention. The cartoon in that email kind of just lightens the load, but it also makes the team look forward to receiving it each week. And then, you know, on the flip side, uh, when someone's trying to do more of a promotion through social, um, the cartoons, typically, the, 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 they're typically going to be um, themed around the same either character and or topic. So the audience then gets to get a feel for, all right, let's see what the next three weeks are going to be because this is kind of fun to see where this guy's going with this particular idea. I like that. It's like a, a continuous sort of like adventure that uh, you get to see unfold over a span of a few weeks instead of all just at once. I like that. Yeah, you know, you know, very much so kind of reminiscence of the old, when you had the newspaper, the cartoons in the paper, you'd read a, a particular clip and then you're kind of like, all right, now I got to wait till next Sunday to figure out what happens next. But you're going to get next Sunday's paper because you want to see what happens in that next scene. Yeah, I always think when I, because I, I would say now the, the bulk of my comic I, consumption comes either online or I, in those collection books that come out. Mm -hmm. and. I always think when I'm reading it, I'm like, man, I wonder what this would have been like to read over. It's like going to Calvin and Hobbes, which we will also get back to in a bit. But uh, yeah. just some of those strips that were like, you know, two or three weeks long uh, storylines. And I just think of how fun that would have been to just, you know, each day come home and be like, okay, what's, you know, what's Calvin up to this, this day? Uh, and reading it all in a collection all at once I mean it's still enjoyable for sure but I always kind of wonder like oh, I wonder if I would have kind of consumed this differently over the course of three days instead of three minutes oh yeah I, I had the same conversation on a separate topic with my kids who were watching the show and like oh I want another episode and we're like we're taking a break for the time I'm like you guys are lucky because you get to watch another episode but when I wanted to watch another episode we had to wait a whole week for another Tuesday at eight o'clock for the next episode of that show to come back on but now you know they get at the click of their finger yes i i remember having a, cover, a similar conversation uh, around breaking bad which i yeah. didn't didn't get into until the gap in the final season how they they ran like half of it and then took a maybe the summer off and then came back in the fall with with the final half so i was watching everything from season one to like five and a half or the middle of five all in that little time frame and i was talking to someone and they were like Oh, so you probably saw 
how, spoiler alert to anyone who's listening, how the main character, Walt White, gets a lot more evil throughout. Because you're watching it faster. And they yeah. were like, I thought it was a lot more subtle because they had kind of like rewatched everything to like get back up to speed. They were like, yeah, when I was watching this, like I totally didn't realize kind of how sort of quick that that shift happens because they had been waiting every week to watch it. And so, yeah, it's definitely a an interesting mindset of how you consume something based on exactly. how quickly you can get it. Yeah, and that's and that's what some of the cartoons play off of when you, when you have those campaigns where it's, you know, three, four, five long. Keeps the keeps your customers and your friends and your followers, or whatever, engaged to see, all right, what's the next one? So it's it works out really, really well. It's a cool format. And from a planning perspective, do you have everything thought out at the beginning? Or is it kind of like a, you'll publish one and then you're like, okay, I got to figure out how to, how to keep this going? Um, recently, it's been more of a, uh, it, it, it'll come in bursts where I'll have this moment where I can bang out six, seven, eight, nine different, like what I feel like are just great cartoons for topics. It's fun. It's, and then there'd be other periods where I'm like, just struggling to figure out like what's the next word I'm going to write. Um, so for those moments, I got to kind of unplug and get away. But for the most part, when the idea comes, I'll know it. And then once it's there, it's like, let's just go until it ends and keep going with it. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I can imagine that could be uh, stressful if it's like, Oh, I need this next one to come out later today. And I've got, yeah, you can't, you can't force going. it. It's, it's tough. I mean, but then sometimes you're behind the deadline and you got to make it work. So it's, it's a lot of uh, get up, move, change a different room, put a different song on, you know, maybe, maybe grab a coffee or a beer, depending on the type of day. <laughs> 8 a.m., grab a beer. I like it. <laughs> we don't judge. It's 2019. <laughs> exactly. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, and I, I wanted to touch a little bit on uh, lettering because I remember reading uh, a Dilbert collection where Scott Adams had uh, little notes kind of in the, in the margins about the different cartoons and he mentioned there was like a week or two period where he uh, was battling arthritis or, or something in his hand and wasn't really able to do the lettering so he had someone else doing it and he's like I think it's so noticeable and I'm like I guess if you hold it up next to each other like a little bit I can see maybe like a slight difference yeah I, I imagine that's probably something that's more uh, more close to the the actual cartoonist um, that they would be more noticing of that but has your sort of like lettering style changed at all over the the years have you kind of had to hone it or was it just something that just came naturally and you've you've found it worked from the get-go no it's it's definitely been an, an evolving um i guess craft that i've turned more to tech for than anything my chip my handwriting is chicken scratch it's, it's somewhat <laughs> terrible which is ironic because for someone that likes to draw so much, I can't write to save my life. It's like my mind just moves so fast. <laughs> so when I, I did write a lot and they were okay, but it's still a challenge because every other S would look different and it would frustrate the life out of me. So for most of my cartoons now, I actually use an app called uh, Procreate to, to create them in. So I use a lot of the, the font and texts that Procreate has populated to kind of get a feel for for the messaging and how I want to deliver. It's still a challenge. I mean, writing and writing in, and in or using set text is you still want to try to portray the, the voice that you're, that you're looking for. So it's uh, it's definitely something I'm still working on, you know, as, as an artist to try to figure out the right way to have a text look to match with the picture. But yeah, I definitely have trans transferred from more of a handwritten to 
using the uh, the tech based. Probably a little easier on the the wrist too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so I do, again, of course, want to get back to Kelvin and Hobbes because sure. we're similar age. I'm 31, so we both, okay. we both had the newspapers growing up. Both Kelvin and Hobbes was, was there for us as kids. That's it. And so I like to kind of wrap up a lot of these episodes with the top three. And so since we're both Kelvin and Hobbes fans, I'd love to hear if you have them, your top three Kelvin and Hobbes strips. I'll also accept storylines if, if that's a little easier. <laughs> The top three. All right, that's a fun challenge. Um, one of them I'm trying to remember was it was a series of four or five strips. And I think Calvin had came across, um, it was some animal that had died. And I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it was something, let's just call it. A, a, I think it was a squirrel. Maybe it was a squirrel. Yeah. I was going to say a bunny, but it died and like that was a really i really liked how he wrote that strip out for the first for the couple where it showed a really different side to calvin a vulnerable side to him where he didn't understand death which is how i love what bill how he put these these thoughts into images like that where none of us really understand it that well and he just talked about how it was uh it could be such a cruel world sometimes and, and then he gives hobbs hugs and says make sure you don't leave me old buddy and I love, I just love that strip. I, for some reason that always, always resonated with me. And then, then the funny one. So really anytime he was eating dinner and <laughs> this sinks in, cause I had my own kids where yuck, it's gross. It's, they don't even know what's it, what we made yet. But any of those strips were hilarious cause the food would come alive. There's one that the food came alive and tried to eat him. You know, th <laughs> those were always epic. And then uh, actually I have, um his leather bound collection of every cartoon he created it's like a three leather bound books my wife got me a number of years ago and i was reading it with my daughter the other day and i came across the uh the last one he ever did where it's uh it's a fresh snowfall and they're talking about how this is such a magical place now let's go exploring and that was kind of bill's sign off yes so that would be a sweet one too because that's uh it comes back to kind of where I'm at in this point in my life with, with my young family and then branching out with Crafted 1K with cartoons is, you know, let's just go exploring. Because for so long, it was following the social norms of what you should do, get out of college, get a job, move up the ladder, you know, this, that, and the other. And for this time, it's, it's kind of scary, you know, being on your own, being self-employed, because there's a lot of unknowns. Particularly with kids, you got, uh, you got insurance you got to think about. Thankfully, my wife, we get that through her at this point. But yeah, that last strip, it's uh, just go exploring. I think that says a lot to, uh, at least for me right now. Yes, I love all of those. Uh, the, the dinner ones, for sure. I like when Y'all. the mom has to say like, oh, it's, it's eyeballs and brain stew. Like, eat it up. Just to get him to eat it. He's, oh, or, or he's bringing his lunch to school and it's oh, yeah. you know, Susie Durkins is like, what do you have today? And it's like, oh, it's the insides of a lizard and, and eyeball and it's just peanut butter and jelly, but that's oh, just terrific. Oh, that's so good. I gotta, I gotta get that, that uh, leather bound collection. That sounds great. I feel like I probably have most of the strips of, in some kind, but to have it all in one place like that. It's nice. Cool. Yeah. You know, I pulled it out the other day. I haven't looked at it in a little while. I have a couple of his random books kind of scattered on each floor of my house. 
but that was uh it, it's a cool cool little collection they have yeah and it's still amazing how we're, uh, we're coming up on 25 years after the last one and yeah still it's still just like so relevant like i'll peek at this and it's like, amazingly oh. relevant you know and it's there's so many topics in there it just shows you know us as, as humans we really haven't changed all that much because we're still going through the same type of issues struggles questions there was one he did the other day um not the other day but that i read the other day that had to do with the the environment and how humans don't take care of it it was something where calvin was kicking a bunch of garbage that was left in a forest. I'm just, you know, thinking of the challenge we have today with climate change. It's just like, well, we haven't really learned a whole lot in 25 yeah. years. <laughs> Slightly alarming for sure. Yeah. Very, very sad. <laughs> Everyone just listen to Calvin. Well, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. they just get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time. We can't throw, throw snowballs at girls anymore. We get in trouble. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> All right, Dave, so if people want to see your work or if they want to get in touch and see how a cartoon can help grow their business, where can they find you? Yeah, well, you can check me out on Instagram. It's Crafted Dave, or you can always visit Crafted 1K. Um, I got a, uh, a sign up for a newsletter and I, it's basically a, I call it Saturday morning cartoons. So every Saturday morning at eight, you get a little cartoon strip of every cartoon I created for that past week. So it's, a fun way to stay connected and, and keep your Saturday morning cartoons going. Good deal. Well, Dave, you're officially off the hook. Cool. No, this is uh, this is fun, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for hopping on, and thanks to everyone for listening. Go check out Dave's work, Crafted1K.com. And of course, this this is probably going to be less funny because you you know you have better comedy <laughs> on on the regular. But I always like to end every episode with a terrible joke. So let's do a drawing related one. Why did the picture go to prison? Because it was wow. framed. <laughs> After three people. Oh, I love it. <laughs>